hard-hitting medical truth, cutting through conflict and confusion to the understanding you're searching for. Join Dr. Peter McCullough, world-renowned medical expert and practicing physician for this edition of the McCullough Report. Your life may depend on it. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America on Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. Well, I have a great pleasure to launch this week's show. There's a very busy news cycle. We're in the middle of the Omicron outbreak, the tallest and potentially the most narrow peak of the pandemic. We have the virus that has been characterized as being uh, able to out-replicate the Delta variant, a 70-fold increase in uh, viral replication over Delta. It's now known that it closes the immunologic door on Delta and that Omicron, in a sense, uh, is going to outcompete Delta in uh, populations. And our CDC now cast indicates as of January 4th, as a prediction, that the Omicron variant is now 93% of all cases of COVID-19 in the United States. And that's what we're seeing clinically. Thank goodness it's a milder syndrome, fever, nasal congestion, maybe some myalgias, general viral malaise, uh, and then it's brief and it's mild without pulmonary involvement. And there seems to be a hierarchy. It's been my observation that those who are COVID recovered have the briefest and mildest of all the syndromes. Next comes those who are vaccinated, uh, those probably more closely vaccinated to the time of the illness where they have a greater immunity. They seem to have a milder syndrome. And then later, those who have been vaccinated more distant, in a sense, the vaccines have expired more than six months ago. And then finally, the unvaccinated, in a graded way, the unvaccinated can indeed have a more severe syndrome, but no more severe than, than a common cold or an influenza. Uh, there should be rare rates of hospitalization and death truly needed for COVID-19. Now, we know uh, the hospitalization statistics are biased because of differential testing. That means all unvaccinated people who come to the hospital do get COVID-19 testing, whether they like it or not. And then if the COVID-19 test is positive, oftentimes in many data sets, that is counted as a positive COVID-19 hospitalization when indeed the patient's there for another illness. Uh, a vaccinated do not have the same uh, COVID testing uh, standards in most institutions. Thus, there is this great differential in this reporting on COVID-19 hospitalization, which is not in line with the binary occurrence of the respiratory infection, nor with COVID-19 mortality. So we know the hospitalization statistics are not trustworthy. We have uh, certainly uh, a lot of news coming forward. We have uh, the Supreme Court will be ruling on the uh, Biden CMS vaccine mandates uh, very shortly in January. Uh, the two physicians who gave testimony uh, to the case that will be reviewed by the Supreme Court are myself, yours truly, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, and Dr. J. Bhattacharya of Stanford. Unfortunately, I'm not able to alter my expert report, which has been dramatically changed from the original submission because of the Omicron outbreak. Uh, we have data suggesting now that the Omicron variant is nearly completely uh, immune to or resistant to the effects of the vaccine. That is, the virus does not uh, become neutralized or impaired in any way with the COVID-19 vaccination. So with that backdrop, I wanted to uh, just give you a little 
view of the news cycle. I uh, was very active in the news cycle this week, multiple national TV appearances. I had a great trip down to San Antonio. I visited Black Rifle Coffee and went on the Black Rifle Coffee podcast as a group of young U.S. veterans that started a coffee company and a podcast. Uh, very intelligent and insightful individuals, younger audience. And then from there, I went to Austin, Texas, and I went on another podcast with another young group of individuals, and that was uh, the Drinking Bros podcast. And one of the uh, members of Drinking Bros had just been in the hospital, different form of pneumonia, but he had chest tubes and was pretty sick and that gave us his input about what it was like to be in the hospital with a serious respiratory illness. We covered all things COVID. And then from there, I went on to uh, the company uh, headquarters of a startup uh, social media company called Ibble. And I did my very first Ibble uh, Q&A session on social media. You may have seen that listed on my Twitter and my Instagram. Uh, I will be the first one to tell you I am uh, inept at social media, so I'm doing everything I can to become more skilled. But you can check out that question and answer on Ibble. And uh, if there's a way to do another one in the future or potentially link it to this show, I'd be interested in doing it because it does give me the chance to uh, it does give me the chance to answer questions in either uh, texting format, which is difficult, uh, audio, which is easy, and then even video. So if somebody has a video question and I wanted to answer it, I can answer it that way. So I can do that on my phone if I'm in the car or in the airport. And it's a wonderful wonderful way to keep up interchange. So check out Ibble, I-B-B-L-E. So I wanted to give you just a, 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 a quick summary of some developments that happened. Many of you know that I was on the Joe Rogan experience. And Joe Rogan had been communicating with, uh, with Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Both had received basically uh, the McCullough protocol, whether they realized it or not. I think both of them were informed later on. Aaron Rodgers was recently on a Pat McAfee podcast and indicated uh, that he thought uh, there should be a broad dialogue on early treatment. It was great to see an NFL quarterback, someone of his stature, mention that. Although Aaron Rodgers said something inaccurate. He said that I had received the COVID-19 vaccines uh, and that, that may have been something he interpreted from a, a statement I made on one of the broadcasts. But many of you know, I have not taken the COVID-19 vaccines because I had COVID-19 in uh, October of 2020. I had the alpha variant. I was in research. I was genotyped. And as many of you know, there are three studies uh, that clearly show outlined on America Out Loud Talk Radio, the McCullough Report, outlining the fact that when someone's COVID recovered, uh, they don't benefit from vaccination and they can only be harmed. So no, I would not harm myself with the vaccine. And I did have a chance just today uh, to uh, let Aaron Rodgers know that so we can get on, on track and, and in sync together. So let's take a listen on Damn Ball, Real America, Aaron Rodgers' commentary, and then I come in. I've gotten accused of spreading misinformation uh, when I talk about my you know, the treatment plan that I used uh, to get better that's been used by a number of people and doctors. If you watched uh, Dr. McCullough on Rogan, who's, he's a cardiologist, epidemiologist. He goes at length to talk about, and he's double backs. He talks about the treatment plans that he used with people. If you have Delta like I did, there's treatment options that actually help. You know, and, and if you don't agree with the ones I use, well, let's come up with some other ones. You know, instead of like sticking a person, you know, putting 10 days in an isolation, 
you know, and, and not able to see anybody in zero treatment options. That to me, that's just if science can't be questioned, it's not science anymore. It's propaganda. Who is right? And that's the scene of what's happening in America daily, folks. Everyday citizens or people like Green Bay Packers quarterback and star right there, Aaron Rodgers, who's fed up with the censorship about COVID and the vaccines. We just want answers. Why can't you ask questions? You won't see these conversations anywhere else except here, maybe online with some podcasts, because they're being suppressed. They don't want us to ask questions. But why? That's my biggest thing. Why can't we ask questions about what they want us to put in our body? We know there are many treatments out there that can help cure COVID or at least help people without going to the hospital. There's ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, Regeneron, some zinc, the metoclonal antibodies. There's all kinds of stuff. You name it. But we never talk about them. If you watch the mainstream media, if you watch Joe Biden, it's just take the vax, take the third booster, pretty soon take the fourth booster. Hell, a couple years from now, it'll be take the ninth booster. Biden's so-called health experts don't want us to mention any of these therapeutics. Why? Or encourage people like you watching to ask questions. It's take the vax, take the boost, and shut your mouth, you good little peasant. What's wrong with asking questions about something that our government wants us to put, not only in our bodies, but our children? And again, not once, not twice, three times. And there's more coming. Don't think this is going to end. And as you heard the superstar right there, Aaron Rodgers, say, one doctor who has been causing a fair share of controversy because he's simply asking questions and making statements about therapeutics, about the vaccine, is cardiologist, epidemiologist, and the host of his own show, Dr. Peter McCullough, the McCullough Report. Uh, doctor, nice to have you back on the program. You got big and famous on us. You've been coming on here for about a year. And then Joe Rogan puts you on the most listened to podcast in the world. And now your name's everywhere for your, according to the mainstream, your controversial statements. Uh, you know I love you because you've said on this program, I believe, you've been vaxxed, but you're fine with people consulting with their doctor and using other treatments like therapeutics. It should be a choice, correct? Well, Dan, I just want to uh, correct uh, actually you and Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Uh, I did not take the COVID-19 vaccine because like you and Aaron, I had COVID-19 okay. itself. I had the alpha variant and now I've just recently had the Omicron variant. So in a sense, I've been double vaxxed with a respiratory infection, but I'm not creating controversy. I'm creating a clear plan for America. What, uh, what Aaron Rodgers received is what's now called the McCullough Protocol. He received the <laughs> Oral drugs in combination with monoclonal antibodies. Yeah, great. Uh, pardon me that I made that mistake. I didn't know since last you and I spoke if you had done it or not. And I thought maybe since you had helped out Aaron or he did your therapeutics that maybe he had his facts right. But we'll get him right on this program. So Dr. Peter McCullough, not vaxxed. And for all you viewers, fans out there of the program, neither am I. Because people keep asking online, I bet you are. You're lying. Your company probably makes you. No. The company does not, and I am not, because I believe it's my medical choice. And again, doctor, I don't think you've ever told anyone not to take it, but you're questioning some of the efficacy of certain shots in certain age groups and people, right? Yeah, we have data that just came in. It was published in JAMA, Dan, by first author, Young Ji, 
who showed that with Delta now, the coverage with all the vaccines was only about 20%. So with the Delta variant, we've really lost the protective effect. And now with Omicron, uh, the modeling studies suggest none of the vaccines will cover it. There was one paper in the New England Journal of Medicine from South Africa, which I think is off base. It, it tried to conclude that boosters covered Omicron, but it didn't uh, characterize who was hospitalized with COVID and who wasn't. It was using administrative claims data. So I think we discard that one. What I know right now is that Omicron has broke through natural immunity, is clearly broke, breaking through the vaccines. But fortunately, it's a very mild syndrome. It's one or two days of a mild head cold, mild fever. It is, there's a little or no pulmonary involvement. And most patients just are use over-the-counter approaches like nasal washes with dilute uh, povidone iodine or dilute hydrogen peroxide in the nose and gargle, and then nutraceuticals and supplements. Really, the medicines that you took and I took, Dan, for most patients aren't needed anymore. Really? Yeah, because it seems these strains are getting weaker and weaker. And again, we keep hearing the breakthrough cases, and, and it just irked me so much to hear the liar in chief. And I, you don't like to get political, doctor, but I will. It's a political show here. The liar in chief today comes out and says that the only issue we're having is this epidemic of the unvax. They're causing all the problems. Um, I'm pretty sure I heard our uh, <clears throat> despicable leader here in the Golden State of California, Mr. Newsom, just about two weeks ago, say that 79, 80 percent of all the breakthrough cases that we're seeing in hospitalizations in California were from the vaxxed getting Omicron. Because as you just said, that vaccine that's a year and something old is not protecting from Omicron, which is very weak in the first place, right? That's true. We have data now from Germany, far more than 90% of all the COVID cases are fully vaccinated with boosters. It's been going on elsewhere. Uh, Denmark, uh, the South Africa, even the first CDC report said that over 70% of Americans with Omicron were fully vaccinated. So I think we can look at it that the vaccines have basically expired. They haven't been changed to cover on. Uh, we're at a good point right now to drop all vaccine mandates, pause the vaccine program. I think that would relieve a lot of anxiety in the country and just treat the occasional person who has severe symptoms with Omicron. But that's not what they're doing, doctor. And here's the issue. You have the president of the United States, <clears throat> allegedly, stand up there today or sit up there today in their fake little studio with his big team of experts and Fauci in the back pulling the strings and tell everyone again and try to scare the bejesus out of everybody that Omicron's taken over and we got a million cases a day now. And he said it again today. Hospitals are being overrun because of the unvaxxed. No, you don't have enough staff to work because you got rid of everybody because they wouldn't take the experimental vax. So he's still pushing and fear-mongering this nation and literally pitting people, doctor, against one another. Because you know what? I don't have a problem if my neighbor walks up to me and says, Dan, I took the vax. Okay, that's your choice. Don't push it on me. I'm not taking it. And let's live our lives as free Americans. What's wrong with that? But this administration won't do that, doctor. Medical freedom is very important because of the vaccines have been associated with record numbers of death and disability with them. But, you know, we have good news. There was a report by Abdullah and colleagues out of South Africa showing with Omicron that even when someone gets hospitalized, the mortality rate now is 1%. With the prior versions, we had data from the United States, the U.S. Stop COVID program, ICU mortality was over 30%. And from the IV network, 1040 and colleagues published in JAMA, vaccinated inpatient COVID mortality rate between 6 and 7%, unvaccinated between 8 and 9%. We're talking 1% now with Omicron. And with any early treatment, Dan, and these are high-risk seniors, we could get mortality down below 1%. It's a different ballgame. Americans can be relieved 
that COVID-19 is not going to take their lives or land them in the hospital provided they get early treatment. That's the key. And some folks are having a problem finding the early treatment, getting a doctor or a um, CVS to even give them their prescription. If they see it's for COVID, we've seen the videos online. We've had people on this show that got turned down because one, their doc said, I can't give that to you, or the doc did. They walk in and CVS goes, is this for COVID? Oh, I can't give you that. I, I mean, why is there such this push to shut down therapeutics that have been around for decades that work? Is it just so they can keep making billions on this vaccine? I mean, what is it? It appears that the suppression of treatment, that's what I told Joe Rogan, no different than what I told Tucker Carlson six months ago. The suppression of early treatment seems to be by design mm. uh, in order to promote fear, suffering, hospitalization, and death and gain acceptance of the vaccines. It's simply not working. Americans want early treatment, avoid the hospital and death. And right now they don't want the vaccines. In fact, rates of vaccination plummeted in April and people haven't wanted these vaccines for a long time. Final question to you, Dr. Peter McCullough. Uh, right after your interview, Mr. Rogan put on Dr. Robert Malone. I had just had him on about a week or two before that. Again, we don't have the coverage that Joe does with his podcast. I think he's got, I don't know how many tens of millions of listeners on that thing. Um, but the doctor said something on this program and again on Joe's show that I wanted you to address. And he's the one with nine patents on the mRNA technology that was used to create almost every one of the vaxes out there, right? And he's saying, unless you are 65 and older with a comorbidity where you really think that this thing could take your life, then you should be in that bracket of taking the vaccine and the risk outweighs the other risk of side effects or death from the vaccine. But he said to me, anybody else, especially children, healthy people, younger folks, do not take it. Do the therapeutics. He did not recommend the vax whatsoever. That's true. You know, the paper by Cohn and colleagues from the VA, over 700,000 individuals, for survival, those over 65, there was a 12-point differential in those survival curves for vaccinated versus unvaccinated. However, under age 65, Dan, there was only a 1% difference. So if the vaccine was ever going to be considered, I think Malone's on the right track, at least with the uh, uh, legacy variants, that over 65 could have been reasonable. People in my family over 65, Dan, they took the vaccine. I think that's that's fine uh, because they were in that risk group. But there, there is uh, no data and no supportive argument for vaccination of younger people. There we go. Dr. Peter McCullough, thank you, as always, for standing up, being a voice. We know you've taken heat for this, where you work from family, I'm sure, and friends, from national media. You and Dr. Malone both have been attacked uh, ridiculously by the media, by Democrats, for simply speaking up and asking questions. And oh, by the way, what I love you and Dr. Malone do, you provide facts, you bring the data. Every time you gave us something during this interview, you cited a study that was done that proves it. So thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, God you. bless you. Happy New Year. There you go, folks. How many more times do we have to keep talking about it? Can we just rip these damn masks off, throw that syringe in the trash, and move the hell on with our lives? Whew. Speaking of moving on, I'd like to move on <clears throat> right out of this Biden regime sooner than 2024, wouldn't you? Uh, so so that was Dan Ball on Real America. And you can see Dan's frustrated. He's a... Uh, He's a very good journalist and his program is well produced by Peyton Drew. And I've learned that uh, really so many people are on the right track with um, advocating for early treatment. So yeah, you heard that really our message of early treatment and fair balance and uh, discernment on vaccine safety and efficacy really is at the highest levels of national discussion. Uh, you just heard it there from 
President Biden, the Supreme Court, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Rogan, Dan Ball, and it just keeps going and going uh, throughout the 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 whole uh, awareness of the country that really summarizes it. There there aren't competing views here. People want to get the best information possible. Now I'm about ready to leave to a trip to Phoenix to join many others for a health freedom event on uh, a Friday, January seventh, Saturday. Uh, January 8th, and then uh, a final breakfast meeting on uh, January 9th, and then back to Dallas. And I did want to put on the calendar for you a a large event in Washington, D.C. on Sunday, January 23rd, and that's going to be a march on the Capitol supporting uh, medical freedom, uh, the freedom to choose, and certainly uh, a, a, a rally against vaccine mandates. And as I said on that interview nationally, I'm not afraid uh, to tell America that these mandates should be dropped. And in fact, the vaccines should be paused so we can do a deep dive on review of safety. Why have so many people died, uh, have been injured, uh, and then permanently disabled after the COVID-19 vaccines? We have to find that out. And as Dan says, we have the right to ask those questions as Americans. You know, I have to apologize to all of you that for the last several weeks, we've been so heavy on the science and the data review, we have not had the music segment to the McCullough Report. And uh, I I have some time on this show and received a wonderful email from Don Blanken uh, 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 concerning this artist, which is uh, Matt Brevner. And uh, Matt Brevner is uh, an artist that uh, came up on Bandcamp And he has a song I want you to listen to, uh, and the title of it is called More of Us. And I think a lot of it is relevant for the time that we're in right now. I can't help but look around and feel like things are getting out of hand. We've been told to trust the science, but the science just doesn't make sense. They say it isn't mandatory, but they also say you jab at your job. But if it doesn't stop the spread, it makes it feel like this is just a facade. What about the healthcare workers? What about the frontline nurses? How quickly we forget that they were working 18 hours a day. What about informed consent? What about due diligence? It seems a country that I used to call home is surely slipping away. I can't help but look around and feel like minds are slowly starting to change Cause even if you're triple vaccinated, know that segregation isn't the way uh, uh. Freedom is a choice and it's available to all if we choose But first things first, you gotta turn off the news Yeah, what about the healthcare workers? What about the frontline nurses? How quickly we forget that they were working 18 hours a day What about informed consent? What about due diligence? It seems the country that I used to call home is surely slipping away Uh, If you're late to the party, there's plenty room at the table This side don't discriminate I'm calling on every single man, woman, child of the able It's time to take the streets and liberate Please don't be a part of the problem Staying willfully ignorant Cause there's just way too much at stake 
Yo, it's okay to change your mind, you can admit you were wrong Cause where there's perfect love, there ain't no shame Heavenly Father, show me what I don't understand yet I got my marching orders, I don't fully know the plan yet Hold on to my Bible before bed, no it ain't banned yet Did you know the makers of the vaccine make the Xanax? I would never lean on corporations for morality Cause they put their profits over people for their salaries I know they wanna make you bend the knee for your normality I know you're feeling all alone, but in reality There's way more of us than them There's way more of us than them. 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 There's way more of us than that. There's way more of us. There's way more of us than So that was uh, Matt Brefner, and the title of that track is More of Us. It's on the platform Bandcamp, and uh, I'm really glad that, uh, that that was sent my way because I thought that was just a wonderful um, pickup by Don Blanken, who's one of our uh, listeners. And you know, I give credit to the music part of the McCullough Report to Eric Clapton. Uh, Eric and I had a conversation earlier this year about how music reflects uh, the issues of the day. And in fact, uh, we're two years into the pandemic and you can see contemporary music. And on the music segment of the McCullough Report, we've done everything from uh, ballads to R&B to rock and roll to um, country western. Uh, It it is permeating our music. This one, I think the lyrics uh, says it all. And I think um, uh, Matt Brevner did a terrific job. So now that I've brought up... uh, legendary guitarist Eric Clapton, uh, who's a friend of the McCullough Report. Uh, I wanted to, to give you a, a brief listen to uh, his most recent uh, single released uh, in the last few weeks. It's called Heart of a Child. This came out right around the holiday seasons, Eric Clapton.
Clapton and Don't Break the Heart of a Child, his most recent release. And it's clear, you can see the uh, allegory there on myocarditis in children and uh, the idea of the fear that children are in today. And if the children could ever know the risks that they're facing with uh, ill-advised vaccination and myocarditis, there's a recent paper uh, by Scharf and colleagues from Kaiser Permanente Northern Division demonstrating that the rates of myocarditis that they identified in administrative data uh, were sky high, much higher than we ever thought. In fact, the peak age group was age 18 to 24, where the rate of myocarditis was over 400 cases per million injections. The original CDC estimate was this was going to occur in 62 individuals per million injections. So it's far higher and we know from a series published from the University of Utah in Salt Lake by Trong and colleagues that still over 75% of these kids are hospitalized and it's serious. And it's obviously the issue of myocarditis, which is clearly acknowledged by the FDA, is coming out in public awareness. Eric Clapton's put it into music and you can listen to it and listen to the lyrics carefully and, and see what type of message you're getting through contemporary music uh, that relates to uh, where we are in the pandemic and the pandemic response, including mass vaccination. Well, I'm glad I was able to get this music segment in on this week's show. Uh, I have a wonderful backside. So for the first time, I've brought to the other side of the microphone somebody from nursing. You've heard so many from so many um, interviews from doctors, from preclinical scientists, PhDs, and others. But where are the nurses in all of this? So I invited uh, uh, from the great state of Georgia, Nurse Michelle. Now, she uh, does not want her last name uh, known on the recording, and I respected this. Uh, occasionally, we do have a guest who wants to keep anonymity, uh, but Michelle is known actually on the uh, internet and social media, particularly Instagram, as Nurse Rona, and she is someone who basically is a senior nurse who has homeschooled her children uh, and uh, now is dedicating her life to helping our seniors with COVID-19 at home. And she has come up with an innovative approach, and she's widely known through social media, in helping people at home survive COVID-19 and get to the other side of a natural immunity, and very importantly, avoiding the terrifying specter of being hospitalized, being isolated, never seeing loved ones again, and then ultimately, in sadly so many cases, losing one's life in the hospital alone. And so Michelle's a wonderful bright uh, ray of light, and I think you're gonna love that interview and hopefully check out some of her resources that she has available on social media and on the internet. So with that, let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. I wanted to give a brief message about our seniors and the elderly. Uh, all of us now uh, have a particular focus on the oldest and, and most frail individuals in society, and those are our senior citizens. Uh, we are an aging society. We're right behind Japan and Europe of having more and more people uh, get into the older decades, the 70s, the 80s, 90s, even some people over 100. And I can tell you as a doctor, I have a lot of compassion for our seniors. And one of the unique things about getting old 
is that the gastrointestinal tract becomes less absorptive, meaning that there's a lesser absorption of critical micronutrients and vitamins in senior citizens. And it, 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 as well, gastric motility is reduced, meaning the stomach is not so vigorous in terms of its contractile power. And then finally, stomach acid output is less in seniors. So we have a situation where so many pill form vitamins really uh, lose their effectiveness in our senior citizens. I had in practice for years told senior citizens that the standard uh, tablet form multivitamin should be taken twice a day, morning and evening, to give two chances at absorbing the micronutrients. Now enter a new product, Healthy Cell. Healthy Cell uh, is a line of vitamins that are in unique gel packs. These are the types of gel packs that you would have when you run a 5K race and somebody hands you a gel pack of a, a nutrient bundle. Here, Healthy Cell products are unique in that uh, they are not single vitamins. They are a broad blend of micronutrients as well as vitamins that are uniquely packaged for uh, specific goals. Uh, one is the Immune Super Boost, and that one is ideal for both the prevention, treatment, and active recovery of COVID-19. Uh, I can tell you I have seniors in my house age 80, 88 and 98, and I am on the watch every day. Uh, in fact, I recently snapped a picture of a 98-year-old using and liking Healthy Cell and the product lines. And so not only the Immune Super Boost, but also the Focus and Memory product. And finally, before nighttime, so many seniors actually have difficulty sleeping and they will report restlessness. And here, the uh, REM sleep supplement, which I, I personally think uh, for me is uh, an incredible addition to my lifestyle, the REM sleep supplement is absolutely wonderful in ensuring a high quality sleep. And once we get high quality sleep, then the next day is more restful. There's a lower uh, activation of the sympathetic nervous system and stress hormones, a better day the next day, and then a better night the next night. And what I tell patients is go ahead and take the REM sleep supplement every night consistently so the body becomes in a good pattern for high quality sleep. So give it a try. Go to HealthyCell.com and on the first order, type in, in the promo code OUTLOUD to get 20% off your first order. So let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed our cells. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L. -E and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off.
liberty and the pursuit of 2022 is upon us. Happy New Year, my fellow Americans. It was Bill Vaughn who reminded us an optimist stays up until midnight to see the new year in. A pessimist stays up to make sure the old year leaves. Here's to all being an optimist. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. I have a special guest today. We've had so many doctors and other uh, healthcare personnel on, but we've actually never had anyone representing nursing. And so I wanted to have a special guest on, Nurse Michelle, who's an expert uh, and has developed expertise on the nursing issues related to COVID-19, particularly with our high-risk senior individuals at home with COVID-19. Michelle went to undergraduate at Georgia State University and received her degree in nursing. She's been an RN uh, for many years. Uh, She's also a mother, and she's homeschooled her children and balanced a work life uh, through all those years. And she has some important input for us on the nursing issues and priorities for care of patients with COVID-19. Michelle, welcome to the McCullough Report. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. Well, why don't you go ahead and take the floor? What what do you think are the issues as you're receiving calls from a variety of of, uh, various people on how you approach the issue of someone coming down with COVID-19? Um, What I'm noticing is that most people who even are lucky enough to have the few 500 brave doctors accessible to them, that the best thing that they can get access to is just list of things to gather in their home or um, prescriptions that they need to get and gather for their home. And of course, they find obstacles in getting those things. So what I, after being a COVID patient in July 2020 and ending up in the COVID unit, found out as a nurse that it was not just... Um, knowing about these simple things that you think you can do at home, there were obstacles that once you got to the hospital, that were barriers based on protocols from the CDC that were going to prevent me from actually being able to get well, even in the hospital that I realized as a nurse that was so complicated that how is a person that has a medical background, if I was going to find it complicated to fight for myself, what would it be like to be an average person out there that you could be a lawyer and be very intelligent But if you don't have this medical knowledge, how can you know how to fight for yourself? And I felt the despair of the people and like the like um, for um, lack of knowledge, my people were perishing. And I felt like if I could only find a way to simplify the the brilliant doctors that were out there, like yourself, Dr. Zelenko, the AAPS, the FLCC. And I don't want to leave out anybody because there are so many brilliant of you that are out there. So I had all of y'all's information and I was noticing little differences between each one and thought what everybody needs is everything put into a simplified way in one place so that they could then decide here's all the links to all these brilliant doctors this is what they're all recommending what your conscience feels led to believe that you to follow here they're offering you hope let me find a way to help you do that by teaching them how to put together a covid basket preparedness basket and, and, and then I set up an Amazon store so that they could like shop for it easily, find everything that they needed, all of you were recommending, um, get your basket ready. Here's the prescriptions that all these doctors say that you probably should have. And uh, most of the people initially were telling me that none of their docs locally were giving them any medications. They were refusing to do it and just telling them to stay home all day, 
you know, you can't breathe any, can't breathe anymore. And by that point, they'd already missed the wind. So what I did was find all the people who were doing telemed doctors, all the brave doctors that were doing that and provided a list and said, okay, go through these brave doctors and get their prescription in your COVID preparedness basket before it hits. And here's the medical equipment that you're going to need to be in your home. Because what I realized was you basically were going to have to teach your patients to be a nurse to themselves because nobody was going to help them. And if you were an elderly person at home by yourself and there was nobody to come in and help you, um, your fate was going to be much more um, dire. So I thought, okay, if they had their pulse oximeter, if they knew that if they had cardiac issues to have a cardiomobile in their home, if they knew, if I created a nurse's note that they could put on a clipboard that told them what to do hour by hour, like, you know, lay on your stomach this amount of time, do these deep breathing exercises, whistle, sing, keep your air open on your windows, get some fresh air in your home, get in some sunshine so it's shining on your body and get outside if you can, even if it's cold. Um, don't lay in bed and die. Um, that's basically what you want to do when you have COVID. You've had COVID, you know how bad it can be. You're so exhausted and that these people just want to curl up and um, die. They don't want to, but their body, the weakness and severe profound weakness is so much that so many people were ending up in dire straits and then out published the every time new information was coming along for thank goodness for people like yourself getting out there to us things like nasal sprays and garlic and when I, nasal sprays and gargles and when i heard about how simple and effective this could be and that we're dealing with a disease that's replicating in the nose and mouth and that's what everybody's so worried about us covering up well then if i could just let the people know that if we could do a protocol that was so simple that if you could just follow this protocol, you could at least reduce your chance of hospitalization. Um, myself, when I had knowledge of budesonide, um, I had a brave doctor tell me I needed budesonide. I was coughing up blood on day 14 by that point. And he saved me by getting that to me. And then I met Richard Bartlett, um, Dr. Richard Bartlett, through Budesonide Works and started corresponding with him. And I knew how much censorship he got. And I thought, oh my goodness. And then a year later, when the Stoic trial comes out, I thought, oh my word, they've just supported what Dr. Bartlett already knew a year ago that could have been saving so many people. So I just added all that information to people and said, you know, here is a medication that is long FDA approved, that is safe enough to give to a two pound preemie, get your doctors to give you budesonide. And then when the nasal sprays came out, it was um, very confusing at first because most of the doctors that were putting that information out there were just kind of speaking generally. So I did the research and found out what the, what the recipes were to actually make it and set up stuff on my Amazon store so people could make buy empty bottles of nasal um, squirts and be able to get their um, nasal sprays made homemade for pennies at home, you know, between the 1% hydrogen peroxide, the 1% povidone iodine, and then the, also the x layer, the xylitol was showing some really good studies as well. And surprisingly, the 1% Johnson's baby shampoo was also out there with the ENT doctor saying the same thing. So I don't push any of these on anybody. I show them here's four or five nasal sprays. Pick one of them. If you're pregnant, wait for the iodine until you're pregnant and do it for five days. Like Dr. McCullough tells you or, um, and the FLCCC says, you know, that during pregnancy, you can do it for the first five days. And that it looks like the studies are showing the iodine isn't really um, 
significant uh, as far as doing any harm for your thyroid. But if you have thyroid history, pick another one. Pick the 1% hydrogen peroxide, which is even easier to make. Um, so because you're at 3% reducing down to one instead of um, you know 10% going down to one. So anyways, that is what I've been trying to do. So I came up with the COVID basket list. And then I came up with the nursing protocols to say how to take care of yourself at home, how to know when you're in trouble, what to ask. I wrote a letter for them to send to their doctors on their patient portals to say, this is what I want you to give me because people, I wanted people to be brave. I wanted them to feel brave. I wanted to empower them to feel brave. I wanted to empower them to know that they didn't have to live in fear and that they could do something to help themselves and their families. And uh, I have a wonderful pediatrician who um, helped me with the children's protocol also, because you can't gargle as well and snort stuff with a baby, um, but you could do swabs with Q-tips with the same products in their nose and in their mouth. So um, how to manage fevers, how to seek interferon elevation with letting your fever increase your um, benefits of survival by, you know, not over treating it and, you know, getting in those warm baths with um, Epsom salts and some vapors and things like that. So I may be giving TMI, but that was my goal is make it simple so that everybody felt like they had a chance to know what to do. Well, that's a terrific um, bundle of uh, information and uh, all the principles that you said over time really have filled in with an evidence base. A recent paper by Fazio and colleagues, I'm a co-author, really demonstrated the importance of starting treatment within the first three days. And it didn't really matter what type of cocktail. The other thing in the Fazio paper, it did suggest that non-steroidal anti-inflammatories such as Motrin or Aleve uh, could even be favored over acetaminophen or commonly I do use them together. And I agree with your comment about people feeling so weak uh, and so apathetic that they actually don't do certain things like get sunshine, get fresh air, or do the oral nasal move. washes. Just move, just get up out of your bed. Right, yes. I recently in my circles have a 98 year old with uh, Omicron COVID-19 and I literally had to spray the iodine solution up in the nose myself. I physically had to do it and I got kind of messy doing it had to have sniff it back and spit it out. Um, but I'm telling you, after that and gargling, if, you know, within 15 or 20 minutes, he feels much better. We now know with Omicron, uh, it's stuck in the nose. It's in a sense, the source of the fever and the feeling terrible is in the nose. It's not so much a pulmonary infection. So those approaches uh, really work. So Michelle, how, how can um, others listening to this uh, find your Amazon store and your innovation? So the best way right now to find me is through my um, Instagram page called Treat Rona at Home, T-R-E-A-T-R-O-N-A at Home. And that is the most uncensored uh, source. And I have a bio that's on my link tree there that will take you to the Amazon store. They'll help you shop for the COVID basket list. You can download all the protocols, how to take care of yourself at home, how to write to your doctor, how to fight for yourself in the hospital. And obviously the COVID basket list as well to help you get all your stuff together. And then also the nurses nurses note that will help you manage yourself at home in your own bed with your own nurse with you. Um, And it even teaches you how to nebulize hydrogen peroxide that some people are out there finally talking about as well. I'm not sure how you feel about that, but that's one of those things that um, I have the recipes for people for um, 0.04% that's recommended by Dr. Brownstein and Levy. Um, And Levy goes all the way up to 3%, but I've got recipes that... um, 0.04, 0.7, 0.1% 0.04, like Dr. McCullough recommends, 0.75% and um, 1.5% so that people can nebulize and I'm getting phenomenal results of that. So my protocol goes snort, gargle, nebulize, supplement, get your nutricils in there, 
you know, support your, you know, neutral, nutritiously, you know, your system, but get that nasal spray in as a snort protocol, get your gargle in. And I tell them how to do it prophylactically. And then once you get sick, I have them to do it five times a day, spray in the nose, five times a day in the gargle. And um, obviously do the Dr. Brownstein vitamin. He has a recommendation for the first four days of COVID. We're very high dose of a, vitamin A, very high dose of vitamin D, and then C, 1,000 milligrams every hour. And they just swear by it that um, it just knocked it out for them between using all those protocols together. You know, what, like you say, it's a combined effort. And then some of them are lucky enough to get ivermectin, and some of them are lucky enough to get hydroxychloroquine um, because of the brave telemed doctors. And the ones that don't get the um, new thing by the FLCCC, that's the um, cumin, black cumin seed oil. So that's just the new thing that we're hearing about. I'm hoping some data is going to get out there for us. One of the things I'm noticing, Michelle, is that with Omicron, uh, which is now shading in very hard, I've seen some estimates today, over 90% of cases in certain areas, uh, the South more than the North, Omicron, is that it's such a mild syndrome uh, that we're needing to uh, prescribe very few uh, prescriptions now. It's almost all the local uh, oral nasal... Right. So it's falling into this domain where, uh, uh, you know, patients can really control their own destiny on this to reduce the intensity and duration of symptoms. Are you seeing the same thing over there? Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody that's coming down with it is doing just the snort, get, ne, uh, snort gargle nebulized protocol, and they're done in 24 hours. They're barely even having a symptom by the second or third day. They are literally feeling like they have wiped it out literally with only following the snort, you know, the nasal sprays and the gargles and the few that, you know, get, are lucky enough to have a nebulizer, which I try to help people make sure to have to nebulize at least saline or something in their nebulizer. Um, they are having incredible, almost no symptoms by the 48th hour. So is that hearing? Yeah, I'm, I'm observing the same thing. Uh, and the only thing I've noticed uh, is that if we get a late start, then the illness tends to be longer. So we have to start early. One of the things, Michelle, is we're two years into this. You know, I'm still getting these surprise calls. Like, I'm surprised I have COVID. And I'm starting to tell patients, I'm starting to be a little bit more like d- direct and say, come on, it shouldn't be a surprise now two years into it. Let, let, let's be prepared and not be scrambling the day we get sick. What I tell people to do is if you think you have a runny nose, if you think you have a cough, do not pretend like it's something else. Act like it's COVID and go ahead and start doing the nasal um, sanitation and the oral sanitation. Do not, it'll help you even if it's the flu. So why not just do it? That is so true. I've learned from sinus doctors and and, uh, as well as dentists that that all the things you've talked about work for regular common colds due to other coronaviruses or adenoviruses. And so I've kind of disappointed myself that I didn't know about this before, but the next time I get a cold, instead of suffering with days of nasal congestion, I'm going to knock it out. I think we all are going to be better for it. I think we're all going to know how to treat our families better and ourselves better because of this information. Well, Michelle, I'll let that be the last word. Thank you for joining us on the McCullough Report. Appreciate it. Thank you. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report.